Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit, education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to another week of Giving Credit. I am here today with Justin Lane, who is co-founder and head of media buying strategy for Adelaine Media Group. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. Thank you. Um, excited to be here. We've been getting to know each other over the matter of months, and I really love your intentionality with your company. So I want you to tell our audience a little bit about who you are, how you got to where you are today. Yes, I am Justin. I am uh, a big technologist. That's my background in school. Uh, Went through computer science in college and then moved into advertising as soon as Google and Facebook were born (laughs) and have been following that path ever since. And you with Adelaine Media, um, what all do you do there? So we're a full service agency. We add things on every day. Primarily, though, it's paid media then SEO, and then development. Okay, wonderful. And you're a serial entrepreneur. You've had other endeavors before this one? Uh, Yes, a couple. Yeah, well, and I think that's always interesting, particularly as it relates to the conversation we have around credit and finance, because those are big things, not just in our personal life, but also with our businesses, right? Yes. So would you be willing to share a little bit about your story? What did you learn about credit and finance growing up, if anything, and how did you find it useful or not? So I would say I'm still learning the useful things now, (laughs) but in the early days, I mean, if we go back to college and I'm still dealing with this, I was signing up for credit cards left and right to get free candy bars. And that's how I like (laughs) fed myself through college. And then those credit cards got used by someone in my family, unbeknownst to me, maxed out and they sat on those limits for years until I got married and came in with all this debt. So, um, and then we started paying it down. We did some consumer credit counseling and other credit things, but still we just, we weren't there. And I just don't think I'm there yet I'm still learning, but I definitely don't have all the right things that I need to be playing as far as credit goes, Uh, you know, like make sure that you don't max them out and you don't have too many open and don't close them. And so I think I was at a severe disadvantage when I started. And it's honestly, it's pretty difficult to get out of. So take that personal to business and just we're like a no credit business. (laughs) We have we do have credit because you need it in our industry space. Um, so people can see that you pay your bills on time and do all that stuff. But we definitely do not carry balances or if, if we buy something, we pay for it right away. Wow. So that was definitely, I think, had I not had those initial personal lessons, maybe in the business, I'd be like, oh, credit's okay. You know, let's go ahead and just put that on and then find myself, you know, in a bad situation with the business. So. I understand that completely. It's hard when you're growing a business and you're bootstrapping, you, you know, it, I didn't have access to PPP loan money because my business was too new. It's hard to get loans until you have established your business for a certain amount of time. 
and they can see that you're actually, you know, have a real business. <laughs> and I know I laughed when you said that you used, you bought, you got credit cards in college to feed yourself. And, you know, it's almost inappropriate laughter because I think that's where a lot of us get into trouble initially is we take advantage of all of those because we're like, Ooh, we can actually eat whatever we want. And it's, you know, it, it takes, I mean, some people have come on the show and talked about how their friends use their student loan money to buy new cars and things like that. So that's taking it to another extreme when it comes to that college experience. But um, it's definitely something that we don't learn growing up typically. And that's what we're trying to change. Yes. And it's back. So specifically on the college story, my student loans 100% uh, bought pizza for me and all of my <laughs> friends every day of the week. Like I just, and then move now, I have a daughter in college. And so we got her loan set up and I'm just not even thinking about it, but she has the loan for her semester. So we gave her all of this money mm. and in like two days she spent it all like gone. And I was like, okay, I clearly miss an opportunity to teach here. I didn't lead by example. Like my child just has no idea how this stuff works. And so, oh yeah, I'm still learning really hard lessons on the ones like, okay, I know this, but am I teaching it to somebody that I care about so that they can know it too. And the answer to that is no, <laughs> I'm not. So yeah. I, trust me, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> learning every day. So you touched on, you know, somebody else in your family used your credit card, you were maxed out, you came into your marriage with debt. And I think that's another point that a lot of people don't consider is when you're going to be in a serious relationship, you have to have those open and honest discussions about money. And they can be really difficult to have, particularly if you're the one coming in with debt or things that you need to pay off or, you know, a bankruptcy or whatever the case may be. Um, so how hard were those conversations to have? And did you see, you know, some hurdles um, as you were creating your relationship and marriage uh, in terms of like being able to buy a house or a car or do the things that you wanted to do as a couple to establish your family? Absolutely. So fortunately, I didn't know I had this debt. So it was like my wife and I were combined against, you know, the person in the family that spent the money. But the very first incident was um, I, we were going to like a wedding when we were like 20, 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And I went to Kohl's to use a Kohl's card that I thought had never been used before. And it was maxed out $800 of interest on top of the max. Oh my gosh. And they're like, basically, I thought they were going to throw me in jail when I tried to use it. So then, um, you know, back that out, we're starting a family and we want to go buy a car. You can't do it. They're like, I'm the primary source of income. And they look at my debt to income ratio with all this credit. And they're like, no, buddy, this isn't going to happen. And I'm trying to build a family. And already there's these roadblocks of like, okay, we're trying to do the American dream, buy houses, buy cars, build this in our heads. We're like, yeah, we're okay. We can do this. And then mm -hmm. we're just, the, this debt was just a huge nope. So I can only imagine you know, people getting married where one partner comes in with this debt and they don't realize the impact now that it's two of them and they want to go start their life. And the whole world will basically say, you can't start your life this way. You got to you know, do it a different way. And that's got to be just devastating and probably a huge source of tension between people. You know, at first it's probably, oh, it's OK, you got some debt. But then as soon as the roadblocks start to hit over and over and you just get defeated and denied, it's probably just like, no, this isn't cool anymore. So yeah, absolutely. So knowing what you know now, what would you do if you if you saw your past self? What advice would you give yourself? Do not sign up for credit cards just to get the free 
food <laughs> to you. Um, I would I would get one credit card, and I've heard this, and I don't even know if it's right, but I would get one credit card, maybe buy coffees with it, and then pay that down mm-hmm. and have a very low balance with just one card. And that's and then pay for cash. Like if I have the money, go buy it. There are things to finance like cars, but I would basically finance a car and a house and then just call it done at yeah. that point. Nice. So if you had $100,000 today, right now, beyond uh, trying to help your college age daughter <laughs> figure out some things and get through the semester successfully, what else would you want to do with that money? I would I would clear all debt to the reasonable amounts so that it checks all the boxes and I I I look good from that standpoint and then uh, I would probably at this point in my life tuck it down to contribute to the down payment for a house the, the leftover awesome so knowing that you have some lessons that you're still learning and figuring out how to impart those to your kids because you don't just have one daughter in college you have younger children as well. What are some things that you will use to teach them about credit? I don't have anything. I don't know. Like I have my my son, my oldest son is actually older than my college age daughter. And I keep telling him to get, um, you know, a credit card and do that, you know, pay for the coffees. And he can't, he's running into that. You don't have any credit. You don't have enough yeah. income. He can't get apply. He can't get a credit card. And I, I don't know what to tell him. Like, I don't know how to actually help him start building his credit as an adult. Wow. So to speak to my younger children and say, this is the path you need to take completely lost. No idea. Okay. Well, it sounds like we'll have to provide you with some resources after this. Yeah, <laughs> Very interested in that. Yeah. How many kids do you have? And what's like the youngest to the oldest? I have five children. The oldest is 21 and the youngest is 10. Ah, perfect. So right in that kitty credit age still. Yes. Yeah. I have a, <laughs> a 15 year old, a 13 year old and a 10 year old that probably fit right in that range. And they all have uh, the youngest one actually does um, acting, commercial acting. Ooh. So she does have a pretty decent revenue income coming in and she just sits on it in the bank. But there's no, you know, we just do that whole save your money because you, for something you really want, you never know when. And now that I've seen how much money she's holding on to, I'm just like, I don't know if that's the right thing to tell her. Oh. Like, <laughs> there's some things that she can buy that will have value down the road. Like, I don't know what to tell her even what to do with her money, much less how to use something like that to build her credit up or be thoughtful about how she does things. So, yeah, yeah that's a good question. I know um, my daughter used to do things when she was younger. And so we, but we just took every dime and put it into her Coogan account. And so we're like, okay, when you're 18, you have access to this money. And I put it in her mind that she can use it for, you know, to, stuff for her dorm room or if she lives off campus when she gets to that age she can use it to furnish her apartment or you know something like that or buy a different car if she doesn't like my used car when she gets to the age of driving so yeah I'm I'm trying to be smarter about that with her than I would be because probably if I had access to that money would be gone if it were my money (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that's a great point she does have that account and i don't know what to tell her to do with that she's going to turn 18 and have this money and honestly she's probably just going to go spend it all on something and it's like how do i how do i build the principles now so that she doesn't even have the urge to do that it does right. it's not like oh i have this let's go do it um i think from a parenting perspective it's kind of like coaching soccer 
trying to coach in the middle of the game or telling, uh, you know, a child as soon as they get money immediately, try and slam every life lesson all at once and say, this is how you do money. It's not going to work because they already have the emotion of I want to spend it, you know, so I just feel like you need to start laying the groundwork so that when you get to those pivotal moments, everybody kind of knows the ground rules and they're just kind of like, oh, this is how I should do it the smart way. I'm already thinking this way. And so I think that's the big miss that I did from a parenting perspective. Well, let's dig into this a little more. Have you, I'm going totally off of my normal, like five questions. I hope that's okay with you. Yeah, no, um, I want to hear more about, um, have you shared your story with your kids of like your credit mishaps? 100% I have. Yes. And then um, we keep using credit, uh, like school clothes, small amounts, but it adds up. And we used to talk about that. We don't talk about that anymore. And then I had this big, if you want more money, just go make it. So, like, so spend all the money you have, savings, and then you just go make money. And we've had those conversations. And first of all, not everybody's built that way mm-hmm. where they can just go hustle for the next dollar, right? There needs to be some structure and a lot of people like planning. And then the realization I've had in the last year is I'm tired. It would be nice to have some properly managed money or a nest egg somewhere that I can just take a break and mm-hmm. that look <laughs> life. And it's just like I did that whole thing wrong. So the whole mantra of the house was we, we, we basically said, don't do credit, which I don't think we should have done. Like mm. credit was a bad guy. I don't think it is. So we're coming around on that. And here's how you do credit in a smart way. And then as far as the money goes, it's like you can't take it with you when you die. But I mean hopefully no one's dying anytime soon. So manage it well. So I'm changing that story of like, take some money and put it away, do something smart with it, you know, but um, yeah, (laughs) this, I still very lost in this realm, very clearly. Well, I appreciate you admitting that, you know, I think this is a different conversation. I think that I've had with a lot of people that I've interviewed because we're really getting into the, the side of parenting that you don't see, particularly you have five kids Um, And so, and knowing each child's personality is probably very different from the other children's and the way that they're going to intake the lessons and information is going to be very different too. Yes. And the, probably the biggest high level mistake to take away from this is I'm still paying for my oldest son's car. I'm paying for my daughter's car. I'm paying for it all because I'm terrified if they knew how much life costs right now with insurance and phones and all that stuff that it might be devastating to their like following their dreams and what do they want to be when they grow up, right? I don't want them to think, oh, we got to hit a job really hard because we got to pay for this and then it blocks everything. Mm-hmm. That being said, I believe there is a way that I could have had them work smarter while achieving their goals and chasing their dreams and doing everything while being financially independent from me because I don't know how to cut that off right now. Like, when do I just start telling my son, by the way, car payment, car insurance, that's yours to pay now, right? Like, I feel like that would just be a burden I'm dumping on them and there might be some resentment. Like, I don't have a smooth transition to do this, but I'm terrified he doesn't know how the world works. I know for a fact he doesn't know how the world works. So I'm stuck there for sure. Well, I feel that we're gonna have to have you on in another six months or a year to see how things have changed uh, since this conversation. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm a little terrified of that, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll definitely do it. Awesome. Well, Justin, is there anything else you'd want to share with our audience today? Once time has passed, rolling it back is 
impossible. And some things like changing a flood, like once you're down a path and the river's going that way, to change it at the bottom after everything is converged and, you know, life is there, your kids turn 18 and none of these lessons were taught to divert that is potentially devastating in so many ways. So building a good foundation is what I would say, start now early, even if it's, even if your child is too young, it's the discipline you're building in yourself to follow these things and keep it going. So you're doing the right thing so that then they just pick off of what you're doing. That's my takeaway. My one piece of like, just start doing it right from the beginning. <laughs> Whatever right is. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yes. Well, I appreciate you coming on and chatting with us and how do listeners find you if they're interested in learning more about your company and what you do? They could just go to Adelaine.com. Adelaine.com. Simple as that. All right. Well, really appreciate your time today. Thanks to our audience for coming back and listening to another story of credit finance, the pitfalls and advice from experts um, and parents. And we'll be back again next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit, a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com. K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T dot com.